0: back to yes x or no audio good day to you wherever you be or evening for that matter it is quarter to 7 p.m in the evening of sunday september the 17th 2023 here on the east coast of australia and welcome back to week in review so Quite to my shock, there were three articles published in the newsletter uh, this week, and they were an article on 9-11 on the day, called 9-11's 22nd birthday. Then we had Big Data Meets the Cashless Gig Economy, as a report from the lab, or trenches, depending which way you want to look at it, uh, from the inner suburbs of Sydney. And to close out the week, Military Aid and Ubiquitous Euphemism. Moving right along with the script, let's have a look at what Andy War had to say about the world in the last week. So, as usual, headlines are in time order going chronologically forward to now uh, per topic. So, beginning with Ukraine slash US and NATO, we have NATO Begins War Games in Baltic Sea Simulated Attack on Russia. So, this is back on the 10th. And the summary here is that it's much of a muchness. Nothing's really changed. So the whole, nothing's really happened this week. Actually, it's just the same old themes and just minor details. So it's a bit boring. But anyway, so let's just rush through it. Uh, West declines to adjust Russian oil price ceiling as Moscow exports above the cap. Ho hum. Russia targets Kiev with drone barrage as Ukraine takes aim at Crimea. So that's to do with those uh, the attack on uh, the shipyard in Sevastopol and two ships got heavily damaged by uh, Ukrainian missiles and there was speculation that this might have been, you know, the attackums which are going to come and maybe they were already there and la 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 la, whatever. Anyway, but it was a very effective attack on the Sevastopol shipyards uh, by... Ukraine, so Russia said two can play at that game. And uh, then we have Blinken, US does not oppose Ukraine targeting Russian territory with US provided missiles. So that's good, you know, the big man's just going, yep, that's what we're doing. It's a proxy war, guys. And then we have NATO says, no risk of Romania being dragged into Russia Ukraine war. Ho hum. Miley says, time is running out for Ukraine's counteroffensive. Yeah. Go faster, guys. Get more of your people killed faster. <laughs> Go figure. Stoltenberg acknowledges Putin invaded Ukraine over NATO expansion. Oh, a little bit of truth coming out at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have Sweden considers arming Ukraine with Gripen fighter jets. Wait for that. Followed by Senator Warren calls for probe into Musk for preventing attack on Russian fleet. And that's a sort of that's a good article because it ties into one of the sort of uh, in the style of uh, notes from the uh, what's the Caitlin Johnson repeated piece she does notes from the Matrix etc. Um, so there's a really good one out which links into two of these articles. One of which is that um, uh, to do with Musk, uh, and then we have Putin accuses UK of. Being behind plot against Russian nuclear plant. I didn't look into that, but it wouldn't surprise me that MI6 are behind things. They've been attacking the bridge, uh, the Kerch Strait Bridge, that is. And then we have uh, Ukraine hits uh, Russian shipyard in Crimea with cruise missiles. So that was that's the real article there, rather than the one I was mentioning earlier. Whatever. Report. Russia doubled tank and ammunition production despite sanctions. Go figure. Go figure. Uh, Ukrainian pilots complete orientation training on Swedish Gripen jets. So there's the follow-up on that. And then we have, this is really weird. Well, it's just following the language. Zelensky implies Ukrainian refugees in Europe will resort to terrorism if West curtails aid. So he's threatening the West with... with, uh, yeah. Nazi terrorism, <laughs> no, give, give <laughs> us more weapons. Yeah, right. Moving on to Pacific China, we have uh, a bit of, yeah, lots of naval stuff going on. So China-Philippine vessels in standoff in South China Sea on the weekend by Connor Freeman, and then uh, US and Canadian warships sail through Taiwan Strait. Air Force Secretary says US military... Needs to change to win future war with China, which is just confirming what we all know. That's the plan. And then US Air Force clearing out jungles in Pacific for new airfields, and that's the other article which, uh, or other event which Caitlin Johnston uh, comments upon, amongst some others, but but better in the um, annual headlines relate to her article, which is in the other section along with all the other stuff we'll get to. And then we have uh, Chinese military holds major drills in Western Pacific, and you can sort of understand why they're doing that. As I've said before, I don't think that's a terribly wise strategy, but, you know, China's going to do what it's going to do. And on the Africa uh, front, we have US considering moving drone base from Niger after coup. I thought they were already starting the deconstruction of that, so... Now, I might have been jumping the gun a bit there. but that So that's from the 14th, a few days back, so Friday. Um, and then we have, on the NATO front, G20 weakens condemnation of Russia after India summit. Not terribly surprising there. The big news about the summit, of course, was that Xi Jinping didn't go and neither did um, uh, President Putin. So uh, I'm not sure, well, who's in... Who's in the G... China's in the G20. Is Russia there? Probably. Anyway, neither of them went, which, which was a bit of a bugger for India because, you know, it was a big sort of signatory event for them and they're very good with their diplomacy, so they would have been disappointed that neither of the, the big two parts of BRICS didn't show up. Anyway. And then we have Middle East, which is the usual shit show. Um, although some good news. So Iran-US prisoner swap and funds release imminent in Qatari-mediated deal followed by U.S. takes step to clinch prisoner swap deal with Iran. So that's good. And then we have Israeli airstrikes target Syria and kill two Syrian soldiers, which happens every week, as we've been commenting. And then uh, U.S. to shift some military aid from Egypt to Taiwan. And that prompted me to write an entire article on military aid. So, hmm. Uh, and then on the Assange front, we have more than 60 Australian lawmakers urge U.S. to drop charges against Assange. And that ends the week of headlines from anywhere. In the what other people are talking about section, we start with doing the topics in the same order. So first of all, Ukraine, Russia, U.S., NATO, and from the Duran, we had um, an interview that really... Oh, I missed last week and should have been in last week's Week in Review. But it is an end game for the Ukraine war with John Mearsheimer. Um, so, Mercurius and Glenn Deeson uh, speak with him about that, and it's really good. So, that was from the 9th of September and should have been in last week's. So, I'm stuffing it in because I was a bit slack. Um, and then we move on with War Games in the Black Sea, Now What? So, that's uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor with uh, Napolitano on Judging Freedom. And then we have Exceptionalism, Its Consequences by Patrick Lawrence. And uh, so, looking at, yeah, that he, like many others around this sort of watching what's really going on in the community, can see what's coming down. Uh, and that's actually largely, that's where I'll conclude, actually, this section before I get into, uh, well, yeah, that'll conclude the podcast. So, um, And then (laughs) an article titled, just very significant, from Andrei Martinov. And what he's talking about is that Russia is building its aircraft uh, completely independently of any components from the West. Speaking of aircraft, there's one flying overhead now. Sorry about the noise. Uh, And then we have Ukraine grain conflict divides EU again. And this is quite interesting. It's from um, Gibraltar, who was interviewed on... International by Ekaterina Blinova, uh, and so quite. It's a. I didn't actually listen to the interview. I just read the the t- transcript, um, and it's a really nice case. You know, as you may have been aware, I've been following the grain side of the conflict and the grain deal and all that sort of stuff for a while, um, and I find this quite interesting. Uh, essentially, because what's happening is that Poland is saying we're not going to take any of this. You know, underpriced. Uh, Ukrainian grain because you know they've got a problem with that with their local farmers getting pissed off. And then, second of all, the quality of the grain's really shitful, and so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there in, ter- in terms of EU um, internal trade policy and so forth, which could cause up a bit of a stink. So that's sort of interesting, and, and Doctor is good at following these sorts of things, so that's there from him. Then we have, Russia is winning the industrial warfare race, which relates to another article that he's put out. He's talking about, um, essentially, Russia's economy shows no signs whatsoever of suffering. Uh, in fact, its output has gone down you know, through the, well, not necessarily through the roof, but it's it's doing very well, as we saw from Eddie Wars, like doubling of the production of ammunition and tanks and so forth. So they're doing just fine, thank you very much. And because the conflict settled into, for for a lot of time, uh, a war of attrition, that's something that Russia can do till the cows come home. And there's more, you know, and we know the kill ratios, and that just means... This is why Ukraine is completely screwed. And Russia can take all the time in the world that it wants. It's already won the war, and it's a matter of when they want to tidy it up. So, anyway, um, moving along. Parallel Worlds. What counts as news in the West? What counts as news in Russia? From Gilbert Dokra, He's also quite good on this front about scanning what's going on in um, uh, Russian media because he watches um, whatever the main uh, television program is, the interview sort of program. Yeah, he he consumes the Russian media, and he's quite good at um, providing comparisons or noting what's um, of interest uh, in Russian popular media. Uh, Moving on to the Pacific region and China, we have air bases, drone swarms, and new ports. U.S. military footprint in Asia grows, but China grows faster, by Brian Baletic from the new Atlas. So that's the video. Um, And... In it, he mentions an article that he published uh, just about a week earlier, which was published in New Eastern Outlook, and its title is "Washington's Expanding Military Footprint on China's doorstep, Doorsteps." And that article goes into quite some detail in terms of military components and what's going on. So the two really belong together. I'd read the article first and then listen to the podcast uh, slash you know video presentation. If you're interested, but uh, I thought they were they were quite nice. So, and I like Bellick; he's um, he's good, especially when he's on his own territory. And he's got published in uh, New Eastern Outlook, so you know he must. I presume he's done a reasonably good job there. Um, the U.S. Air Force is clearing out jungles in the Pacific to prepare for war with China. From Caitlin Johnstone. So that's the article del- dedicated to that issue, as opposed to um, the other collective of you know from the narrative. Um, Narratives from the whatever thing that he does, which I love. Uh, and then lastly, we have one from uh, Moon of Alabama, good old Bernard. Cassandra's beware, China's economy will not hit a wall. Um, and so he goes through you know, some of the reports on, on the Russian economy and just goes, wake up, guys. Um, so that's possibly in the wrong section. Anyway, moving on to the BRICS Plus stuff. Uh, So we have good old Pepe Escobar chiming in with, in Vladivostok, the Russian Far East rises. So there was um, uh, an economic meeting in Vladivostok, which was essentially uh, Kim uh, Jong-un got sort of tacked onto that too because of the transfer of the ICBMs, which we mentioned last week. Uh, So yeah, so that's uh, Pepe looking at that. And then we have update on the just-completed talks of Korean leader Kim Jong-un with Vladimir Putin, which is Gilbert Doctorow giving us a rundown on what was given to essentially the Russian media about those discussions. So if you want to know what that was about, check him out. And then an uh, an article from uh, Badr-Kumar, which I have not read, but the title tells me I should. Modi's trip to Jakarta is a geopolitical event. So that's the phone against Jesus, I have to do the D&D thing. Um, and so when Bhadra Kumar tells us that something's a geopolitical event, it means read the article. And so Modi, that's the Indian um, prime minister, has visited Jakarta, that's the capital of Indonesia, and an alliance, Indonesia deciding to uh, um, uh, take a more BRICS side in the current breakdown of, of alliance structures is a very, very significant move. Indonesia has a lot of resources. It's the largest Muslim nation on the planet. It's geostrategically very important in its positioning. It's a really important nation, completely ignored. <laughs> well, often uh, it's very important to Australia because that's the you know that that is the the nation that Australia wants to have, you know, in, in its good books. Because if Australia's ever going to get invaded, that's where it'll come from. Otherwise, everyone else has got to you know. Travel across the Indian Ocean or the Pacific Ocean there's a long way to go. The Indonesians can just sail straight over the Coral Sea and see it later. Um, so, yeah. We move on there to US-NATO, non-Ukrainian side, and here we get Westmoreland revisited from Barbara Koppel, and I wove that into the military aid article I published because it is a fantastic article. Uh, New author again. Always happy to see new authors, but Barbara Koppel, it's fantastic research and brilliantly presented. So that's why I've got such a huge slab quote uh, in the article I wrote. Moving on, we get US government pauses demands for broken encryption. In its online safety bill, ah, so a bit of tech stuff. It's been a while since I've looked into that, but um, that's interesting, right? So <laughs> pauses demands for broken encryption, right? So this is the continuation of the old stuff from back in back in the day. If you know about the crypto wars, part one, uh, and that was the Clipper chip. And which was a form of broken encryption, which was going to get included in all consumer electronics, but it could be broken easily by law enforcement. And of course, it, it was Matt Blaze, uh, cryptographer, who broke the thing and just showed that it was easily easy, easily crackable, and therefore it was, it, you know the whole thing blew up. But that was that was the crypto that was the um, yeah crypto wars part one. So we've had part two happening around the period of the Snowden relics, uh, um, uh, revelations, really. Earlier that and a little later, it the big shit, shit show in the Internet Engineering Task Force, which was caused by Snowden's revelations. And then, basically, these, this is the standards body that does the standards for the internet, internet, and they basically went about retrofitting cryptography, good cryptography on fucking everything. They came up with TLS 1.3, which is a really good crypto standard, and then retrofitted the best protocols to all the stuff that wasn't already secured. So that's what's been happening for the last decade in crypto, and it's interesting to see this topic turn up. And Tim Cushing, who's a publisher at tech Dirt, is really good, like his work. So this is interesting, if you're interested in this sort of crypto tech shit, which I am. So that's why that's in there. <laughs> then we have Monkey Wretching the New World Order Solutions Watch by James Corbett. And this one is relates to the other article I published this week, which was on the gig economy, because I sort of got a little bit uh, frivolous in the way I was addressing this, which I apologise for, because it's a very serious issue, what's going down. But the idea is to, you know, using sabotage as a form of protest. And there's ways you can do that, as I sort of allude to in the... Um, in the gig economy thing. And I do have a follow-up article for that, which I haven't published yet, in which I sort of walk down the same street of, all right, if we want to be really you know, mad and have fun with this, here's the sort of shit we can do. Um, But i decided not to publish that just yet. I'll see how that goes. Anyway, moving along. CIA manipulation on public opinion with Jeffrey Sachs, uh, with Napolitano. So that's Sachs turning up again, previously with the Duran and now with Napolitano. So he's... I don't know, he's secured his retirement and bought his holiday home or something because he's making, taking the gag off and getting out there. Uh, and we're going to conclude with him. Uh, and we have next, uh, the most Wall Street Journal op-ed in the history of Wall Street Journal op-eds by Caitlin so God, she's good. Um, so that's really good too. That was the, the grab bag, actually. Uh, the uh, notes from the Edge of the Narrative Matrix. Uh, style stuff that he, she does so that's that's the title for it rather than using the, the repeated title um, and that's really good fun I highly recommend reading it, there's a lot of parts to it moving on in topics we have Assange uh, Stella Assange speaks out on the conditions of Julian Assange imprisonment and this is written by Chris Hedges published at SharePost and yeah, normal stuff now here's something good on the Assange front the slow motion execution of Julian Assange and this is a presentation given by Craig Murray and he notes in the article, which I link as well as the video, but in the article he notes that he was given a hand with this um, by Chris Hedges. So they've sort of compared notes and, you know, and Craig's really happy. He thinks it's the best version of this presentation he's ever done. So if you, would, if you want to know about the, uh, the full picture of the slow motion execution, Craig's really proud of this. Check it out. And then, uh, of course, this week was also, at the beginning on Monday, the 9-11 anniversaries. And so we had one here from Joe Laurier at Consortium News called 9-11 Why Americans Are Never Told Why. Um, And as you will be well aware, I don't truck with most of these standard explanations. And Joe Laurier is no doubt going to go nowhere near the real stuff, which is that um, the planes had fuck all to do with the destruction of the buildings in New York. If you're not going to get that far, then you, do, you have no idea what's going on. So I'm sure that it's standard stuff and it's all about aeroplanes, right? So, but I put it in there because so, you know, even the alternative people um, who have prominent pub- publications like Consortium News, for which DeLaurie is the editor-in-chief, they still don't go there because it's, it, it's career-ending if you do it. Uh, and then on the other grab bag, we have a bunch of sort of interesting stuff. And one of which is John Kiriaku, who, if you, who I hope you would know, is the only person to have been jailed because of the U.S. Ta- the CIA torture program. He was the whistleblower. He spent two years in jail. Uh, and it's an article entitled "U.S. Justice Department's Next Victim." And he's quite familiar with the U.S. Justice Department. He was tried in the same court that if they ever get Assange to the U.S., that's where he'll be. He'll be tried same court. Um, Justice, what's her name? Brinkma in the in the in the eastern. Uh, District of Virginia or wherever it is. Anyway, so um, Kiryaki knows a lot about these things. And Then we have another classic, you know, this classic stuff from Vijay Prashad at the tri Institute for Social Research, and it's titled Beneath the Poly Crisis is the Singular Dilemma of Humanity Called Capitalism. So flying the socialist flag again, love what he writes. Good stuff, so check that out if you want to know about that. Then we have State Department review, refuses to address how much USAID money went to Wuhan Institute of Virology by Sam Husseini, published at Sheer Post. Now, I generally have not been commenting on the entire um, COVID woo-woo thing because I think it's a, it's a shit show, uh, but I think things have calmed down enough now that we're starting to get a pretty clear picture about about the story, about the whole thing. And I like Sam Hassani. He's a good reporter, mainstream reporter on the good side of mainstream. Um, and he's doing some digging into USAID, that's the um, uh, Agency for International Development, which is basically the CIA's funding arm for doing whatever the fuck they want. I looked into, uh, on the military aid front, I looked at the volume of aid coming in different categories. And... Uh, the military aid dominates generally, you know, wherever they're going, but the State Department's, you know, USAID are in there doing heaps of shit with a lot of money. So that's um, that's important, right? so this is funding for... Um, so Husseini's found out that USAID essentially funded research into um, the equivalent uh, SARS viruses, right? You know, bat viruses that might be able to jump species and be nasty as hell and stuff. And, you know, he's asking the spokesman uh, for the State Department about this and this and the, the spokesman's going to have a, none of that. I'm not answering that. I'm not even going near that question. So that's what this is about. So good on him. He's got the data and he's trying to... He's putting... He's really um, making the spokesman for, uh, for the State Department feel very uncomfortable and good on him. That's what we like. And we finish with... He said taking a breath. US efforts to strangle China and reassert hegemony by Jeffrey Sachs again with Alexander McCurris and Glenn Deeson, right? So essentially the the Duran, uh, or the version of the Duran that they do instead of with Alex Cristoforo, but with Glenn Deeson. And I have listened to the first half hour of this hour and it is fucking excellent. Please. Listen to this. There's historical background, and the focus is on what the fuck is going down with the shift in geopolitics. So all of the usual stuffs involved. The 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 US are completely missing a plot about what's going on because they're either ideologically blind, or they don't, or they can't see. Or they're still reading their old media, etc., etc. And the history goes back to. Adam Smith <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the discovery of the passages around the Cape of Good Hope and, and, uh, and the discovery of um, the Americas, so the East and West Indies, essentially. And so it goes back that far. It's a brilliant discussion. So it's an hour long. Grab your, grab your comfy couch or your popcorn, whoever you know, works for you, and check this shit out. It is really good. So, yeah, there we have it. That's the uh, weekend review. So, have a good one wherever you be, and catch you next week.